Welcome everyone to Vagina Talk Podcast. We are Dr. Alexis May Kimball and I am Dr. David Kimball. We're two double-boarded female pelvic reconstructive and cosmetic surgeons. This is the podcast where we have honest conversations and discuss important and often misunderstood topics. Our goal isn't just to answer taboo questions or probe into taboo-related issues, but it's really to promote healthy discussions. Hopefully that'll lead to healthier lifestyles. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Kimball and my lovely wife, Dr. Kimball also, um, Alexis May, and we're here uh, back on another podcast uh, session. We've had several podcasts and we love the fact that our numbers have increased drastically. People from all over the world are watching our podcast called Vagina Talk. Well, Vagina Talk, we decided to call it that because that's what we're talking about. The vagina. It's not a bad word at all. That's right. But what we want to do is kind of dispel some of the myths around the vagina. You know, today is kind of unique because we're talking about a patient who went through a surgical experience and she's going to talk about a little bit about, you know, some of the different groups that she's involved in in Facebook and how many really false information and myths there are about this and misinformation out there that people really believe that they have no recourse. So we want to dispel all of this and really talk about women's health in a general way. Right. And really just for her to share her story. So other women, if you're listening and any of the things that Anna is talking about relate to you, um, we want you just to feel really comfortable and submit questions so that we can kind of help you find the right answers from, to what you're suffering from. Absolutely. Everybody has their own journey. It's very unique to them, but we are here to help you through that journey together. So without further ado, let me introduce the lovely Anna, who is a patient of ours, who kind of, we've gone on a journey together. And, you know, Anna, if you can tell us just a little bit about yourself and kind of how your journey began and what happened to finally find us. Um, so basically, well, my journey started with feeling like uncomfort. A lot of it happened, you know, like during sex, like I was having like painful sex and, you know, I did go to like a gynecologist and, you know, a lot of times, like I felt that I was being like brushed off because it was always like, oh, you know, you're menstruating or it's like your cycle time. Mm-hmm. So I never really got the the answers that I was like, I knew it wasn't like, it didn't feel right to me. So I just kind of like, kept researching about it but the bad thing about researching too is that you know you enter your symptoms in google and things come up like you know cancer um pid and so you know it just gives you like more anxiety um i did go to a gynecologist and um i just kind of felt like she didn't uh, give me the care that i wanted um she offered more like Oh, sorry. I need to pause. <laughs> um, um, how about this? Rewind a little bit. When you okay. went to the gynecologist, um, the first thing that you kind of complained about was like painful sex or were there other symptoms that you were describing to her? Um, it started with like the, the painful sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that was like kind of my like first initial sign, my first initial sign. So, yeah. um, as it progressed, I noticed too, like I started getting like a lot of like back pain, mm-hmm. lower back pain. And also I was going to the restroom a lot. I was getting like frequent urination. So these are things that I did talk to my gynecologist about, but 
of answers did you get or you said it was you, you didn't really feel embraced when you brought some of these concerns up what was yeah. the response you got a lot of the response i got was they attributed it to like the the menstrual cycle so that the time of the month that gets so, for so much oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so i kind of had to like push for it because then i just started noticing like a like a lump um in my pelvic area Mm -hmm. So that's when I, you know, I kept pushing for it. And then she sent me for an ultrasound. Um, that's when she did see that there was a fibroid there. Mm -hmm. But the, what she offered me was an IUD to try and shrink it. But to me, that wasn't like an answer for it. And um, she also did mention uh, like a, a horizontal incision as well. So that was like an alternative to the IUD in case it didn't work. But to me, having a large incision wasn't going to work for me because I would have been down for like quite a few months. And at that time I was working in the music industry and like, I just, I couldn't be bedridden for months at a time. Right. So Never I, mind uh, a big scar. To <laughs> <heal>. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the healing time to it just, it, it wasn't going to work with my schedule too. And it's scary. Like I, I've never had a, a child before. And, you know, to me, uh, having an incision that large was just not going to work for me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, understandably. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for functional reasons, as well mm -hmm. as for the way it would look and maybe yeah. would the way your body, you would experience your body in the future. Yeah, exactly. And it seems like one of the points to be taken here, Anna, is the fact that you as a female know your body best. So when mm -hmm. you start to detect those changes, even though they may be kind of dismissed to some level, you as a patient should never dismiss them because you know that there's some significant changes there. You know that this is something happening inside your body that needs to be found out. So you being your own health advocate was really the most important step that you took. Right? Yeah. yeah. What was the time period um, when you experienced those symptoms to the time that you like sort of sought Dr. Kimball out? Um, I want to say... At least maybe like four or five years. That's a long that time. Is a very yeah. So what happened yeah. in those four or five years? Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of went with the IUD route, hoping that they were shrink, but I just, I did notice that like my symptoms actually started getting worse. Um, the back pain was getting um, more painful. So if I'd be sitting down, I like doing my makeup in front of a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it in a vanity. Like I'll literally stand like in a, you know, a wall mirror and like sit down, like yeah. legs crossed and just kind of getting up from that position. Like it made my, my lower back just really hurt. And it felt like I, like I was almost like locked in that mm -hmm. position. Something as simple as like something you would enjoy, like putting on your makeup, your armor for the day would be challenging, right? Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. And then, um, so even like with the frequent urination, um, there's a joke between me and my friends because we'll have like these little like, like girl getaways and they'd always call me like baby bladder. They'd be like, hey, Anna, like, don't, you know, like, don't wake us up because you're always getting up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom. So that was like another kind of like downside to like having like the fibroids was right. you know, the quality of life to, and, you know, your friends kind of like, you know, joking about it, you know, even though it's, you know, a medical condition. Um, so yeah, that was an, another thing that increased. I also, um, I also noticed that it, as the time progressed, like it started smelling bad down there. Like it was like, I know like I, I would ask my husband if he could smell it and he would tell me no, of course he's gonna say no, but I mean, I could smell it. And 
you know, well, you know your body best. So you could detect even those subtle changes mm-hmm. and you and with a pretty sizable fibroid uterus. So that's, you know, the bladder and the uterus are connected to one another. So mm-hmm. it's bound to put pressure in on the bladder and give you this sense of urgency frequency a lot. So, yeah. you know, you came to our, our center, we did an evaluation, we kind of made a plan for surgery and kind of give us a little, your impression of all of that. And then the surgery itself. Yeah. So I, um, you know, after my symptoms progressed, I, I did in like an online search. I, I was looking for, you know, fibroid specialist and, you know, your name actually like, you know, it came up. Um, I researched the, the facility and, you know, both of you and, you know, I was impressed with um, the robotic surgery. So, I mean, that's going from, a, you know, a large, you know, incision to just these tiny little, yeah. <laughs> the little centimeters. Um, I had their five, right? That I have, yeah. And they're barely noticeable. Um, so, you know, I, I reached out and, you know, you know, I really vibe with Dr. David and, you know, I felt very comfortable and, you know, it's hard to find a gynecologist that, you know, you're just comfortable like talking to, you know, especially, you know, when it's a gynecologist, but, but no, yeah, I felt very comfortable and, you know, he explained everything and right from the get go, um, he was like, no, I don't want to see like any like ultrasounds that you've had in the past. We're going to send you right for an MRI. That's more you know, specific, you can see everything there. And, you know, um, from that day on, I was like, all right, I, I made the right choice um, with the surgeon that I selected and, you know, everything was smooth. You know, he looked at my my MRI, he, he told me that, you know, we'd have to remove the uterus completely, that I had a cyst and, you know, he told me what my recovery time would be and, you know, everything that he walked me through was just how it happened. Everything went smooth. So I'm very grateful for that. Yes, we're always yeah. happy. Yeah. Yes. How big was the uterus? How big was the uterus? Oh. How big was the uterus? Do you two remember how big your uterus? I remember it being pretty sizable and yeah. impressive. Like it filled up your whole cavity and you're a petite person. So yeah, you're one about five one. Or, yeah. yeah, it was five, like, yeah the whole thing so yeah so it actually came above your belly button area so in your age group normal size uterus would be about this big yours is about this big it was massive huge it was massive it was huge so it took a little bit of work and ingenuity (laughs) these little teeny tiny incisions remove that yeah there is so yeah they're so tiny and you know they healed like almost immediately I mean, I think the only problem I had was just I, I got like a little allergic reaction to the to the sutures. Oh yeah. You know, but but that went that cleared up like fairly fast. Um, so my recovery time, I want to say, I think within a week or two, like I was already you know walking around, you know, going to the grocery store, going out for walks. So I think having those, you know, the robotic surgery really, you know, help helped a lot, and you know grateful for that. Yeah, well, it's our privilege completely. So now that you've completely recovered, and you feel much better about yourself and your physical activity, you're probably not in the bathroom all night long, you don't have those crazy comments from your friends anymore. You feel like you're normal again. Better than normal. <laughs> That's what better than normal. Better like than my normal. quality of life is like yeah. increased. Like completely, I don't have to worry about going to the restroom as often. Um, you know, 
doesn't smell there at all, like at all. <laughs> the less pressure all the time. Less pressure, yeah. yeah. Yikes. And you could do your makeup without <laughs> yes. <fear>. yes. <laughs> Got more creative looks now. Yes. <laughs> I could sit down for longer periods of time. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's yeah. Yes. And I'm, I'm looking to achieve a flatter stomach because I can never get that flat stomach. It didn't matter like how hard like I worked out or how like how much weight I lost, how many crunches I did. Like I always had that bulge right there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very commonplace among women and men for that matter. So what you're doing now in our center is one of our most favored treatments of all, right? Wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. Love it. Mm -hmm. It's called M-Sculpt. Yeah, I, I like it. I love that I'm ready for them and I actually have one scheduled for tomorrow. I actually felt sore the next day. Yeah. I like well, you know, really you did thousands of abdominal crunches That's when right. you're laying there. <laughs> no the, doubt. That's right. You know, I've done several treatments myself. We've both done treatments and I feel just a fair amount of soreness, but nothing like if I sat down and I did 15 abdominal crunches now, I'd be sore tomorrow. But the way M-Sculpt works is it pushes lactic acid out of the muscle bed so you don't get that buildup. And that's really what triggers that pain sensation after you work out. So mm -hmm. the technology is just amazing. Love it. You're able Absolutely to do what you normally could not do on your own. That's why they call yeah. it like a super maximal contraction because you're contracting against the full insertion of the muscles, which we can't do on our own. So, yeah. 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 And you know what I would like... Um, you mentioned that I was sore, but it wasn't like the type of sore that I would have been had I been doing like crunches, like self crunches. Yeah, like you can move and still. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it is a good sore. They say you gain without pain, but really, seriously, you can get a lot of gain without pain because this doesn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. So if you think about it, the best athlete, the most physically fit athlete in the world uses about 32% of their muscle capability when they're doing whatever activity or whatever sport they're doing. Mm -hmm. So with MSculpt, use a hundred percent of your muscle capability, a hundred percent. That's how it works. So phenomenal. So Anna's doing this on her abdomen, which is a great compliment after having the surgery she had, right? And to she's skinny anyhow. Yeah, I mean, she's in great She's going to have this like, you know, cut body here. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm hoping to achieve that like in the next few sessions. <laughs> Nobody has to know. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, you know, just to kind of wrap up a little bit here, if you wanted to send a message out to women to kind of empower them, to give them that confidence, that sense of, yes, I can take care of this. Yes, I can be my healthcare advocate, even though maybe I've been told something a little bit different or been dismissive in some degree. Mm -hmm. What would that message be? What would you tell them about us and our center and your experience? Um, I would just tell them to, to listen to your body and, you know, if, if one doctor is not listening to you, um, seek out a second opinion, do your research. Um, what really helped me was joining those Facebook groups um, that dealt with like what I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. So there's that's a great resource too. I mean, you, you see a lot of like horror stories, but then there's also a lot of, you know, um, a lot of uh, stories for they're kind of like me where everything went well and everything went smooth. Um, research your, your doctor. Um, you know, I would highly recommend your practice. I mean, not only do you have a gynecologist, you're a urogynecologist, you're the surgeon. So a lot of the issues that I saw too, like in those groups were, 
you know, women having the surgery not done by their gynecologist. So they don't get the aftercare that they need. So, you know, they miss out on that support. But I mean, if you do have fibroids or, you know, any anything like wrong with your uterus, you know, seek out help. Um, you know, like my experience was great. You know, now I'm living a, a better quality of life because of it. And, you know, I don't have any re- regrets. Like I would do it again and again and again. It's I'm not gonna lie, it is a little painful the first week, but it's it's just one week and the incisions are super small with the procedure that you do at your practice, which is the robotic um, labor. I'm not even gonna attempt to say that, <laughs> that word. Um, <laughs> that, um, you know, you're always following up. So yeah, I would definitely recommend, um, you know, to at least have a consult at Dr. Kimball's office or, you know, anywhere that, you know, in your area. Yeah, we we see patients from all over the country, if yeah. not the world too. We have a lot of patients fly in from New York who need surgery done. Mm-hmm. So we're really happy to see anybody who has questions about that. And today, like we're doing now with Zoom, you know, a lot of this can be done even before you travel out to LA right. area. Totally. Um, Anna, one of the things I think here is very unique about your story, and I think um, could be very helpful for our listeners to hear, is that when you're suffering from this condition, you saw your general OBGYN, um, and you suffered from, you know, from, from this condition for four to five years. What's the difference? We're obviously urogynecologists, which is, do you know what the difference is? It's a subspecialty of general OBGYN. And a lot of our training and our skills really cater to more complex gynecological conditions. And I think in your story, you really touched upon that in the beginning, which I appreciated, is that you could see the difference in just the nuances of conditions. And this is really, really something very, sometimes very challenging to actually detect by the patient or even the physician. So would you say that, would you advise anybody suffering from frequency, nocturia, fibroids, pelvic pain, back pain um, in their journey or their search? What, what should they look for when they're seeking out a consultation? Someone, um, I would look for someone that does specialize in like fibroids or just like in the pelvic area. I think my problem was I, I was going to gynecologist too that also dealt with um with childbearing. So like people that were already pregnant. So that that was their focus and not so much on like issues, you know, with the you know, female reproductive system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which sure. is a very good point because our practice is completely solely about women's health care, pelvic mm-hmm. care, surgical care of the you know intimate area. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we do obstetrical patients we, we for urologic problems, but right. not for OB or for problems after delivery, Absolutely. which is probably the most common relationship we have with postpartum patients. Or anybody, that's <laughs> 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 where it all starts. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Anna, anything else you want to bring up? We're going to kind of put a conclusion to the podcast. Um, I mean, it, it's just been a wonderful experience. Um, like I said, I, best, you know, practice out there. Um, I would, you know, highly recommend anyone, you know, seeking help, you know, to see their, you know, 
either of either the Dr. Kimball's, <laughs> you know, so no, it's, it's been a great experience and, you know, the facility is beautiful and, you know, I, I love the aesthetic of it as well. So, you know, that kind of helps you feel like, you know, nice, you know, going to a nice facility. Thank you so much. We feel privileged that you're our patient and we work really hard to kind of create an environment that embraces you as a patient. And even the aesthetics, a lot of our aesthetics we designed based on the feedback we got from our patients. And we're so happy when we hear that you love it when you come because we want you to feel safe and secure. Um, But you'll definitely have to visit us at our upcoming coming new location opening in about a month mm-hmm. um, in Beverly Hills. It's going to be a lot more of what you see, but just bigger. <laughs> so. I'm hoping you get laser hair removal. That's what I'm waiting for. It's like I just have all in one. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we'll put it down on our Love on it, our, love it. Yes. Those are the kind of comments services. we want from Ed. Let us know what yeah. you want one us to do. We're here for you. you know, get your password, your M scope, then your laser hair removal. Right, there all in go. one. That's Let's it. feel fabulous after one. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's yeah, great. Thank you so much. Um, and then for anyone listening out there too, if you have any suggestions or comments, or would like to hear more on any topics, feel free to drop us comments. A lot of our topics are based on the feedback we've received and you could do that on our website, um, www.kimplecenterforpublicwellness.com under the podcast submission page. All right, everybody, we're going to say goodbye again, sadly so, but we'll be back, of course. Um, We thank Anna very much for joining us. It's been a delightful podcast, very informative, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you, Anna. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Love you all. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Vagina Talk Podcast. If you want to learn more, you can find us on our web, www.kimballcenterforpelvicwellness.com. See you next time. Bye.